the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We have one final look at our series, Why Are You Here? Join us, Abounding Grace, with Pastor Gary Wagner is up next. Why do you exist? Why were you created? What purpose do you have in life? These are all questions that we've sought to answer throughout our lives. God provides the answers in great measure in his word. Welcome to the broadcast. This is Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Our time together today will take us to Luke chapter 6 as we take another look at this one simple question, why are you here? Here's Pastor Gary Wagner now with today's broadcast. If you want to see the importance of preaching, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now we've looked at this before, but I think this is an important passage for us to review. This is a great text on the resurrection, and it begins with an outstanding statement on preaching. Now I'm only going to read the first four verses Uh, But the sentence actually proceeds through succeeding verses, which don't have anything to do with what I'm going to say. So we'll read the first four verses. Verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto ye the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory or hold fast what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto ye, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, according to the Scriptures. Now, I want you to notice the thrust of these four verses. Salvation is by the preached gospel. Salvation is not just by the gospel. Salvation is by the preached gospel. Notice, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached, which you received by faith, in which you stand, by which, that is, preach gospel, you are saved if you hold fast the word, which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. I delivered to you the gospel that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scripture. You see, the centrality of the preaching of the gospel is what this particular passage is emphasizing. The preaching of the gospel makes known that the gospel, like the opening of a perfume bottle, fills the room with its fragrance. Uh, Man, I'm sure from time to time that you have bought your wife a nice bottle of perfume. And I'm sure you don't buy it for her so that she can just leave it setting on the dresser unopened. 
The perfume is only appreciated when the top is open and she applies it to herself. The Bible is a wonderful bottle of perfume. God gave us this bottle of perfume, not just to put on our shelves for people to see it and say, what a wonderful bottle of perfume. You could have 10 or 20 of these bottles of perfume, Bibles in your house. You can have them in every room. You can have white ones, and burgundy ones, and black ones, and red letter ones, and ones with notes, and even precious moments ones. And None of these bottles of perfume will do you or anyone else any good until, first of all, in preaching, the perfume bottle is opened and you start to inhale its contents. Let me give you about a 300-year-old quote from Thomas Goodwin, a wonderful Puritan pastor. He says, It is the meaning of the word which is the word indeed. It is the sense of it which is its soul. Preaching in a more especial manner reveals God's word. When an ointment is once opened, then it casts its savor about. And when the juice of the medicinal herb is once strained out and applied, then it heals. And so is the spiritual meaning of the word let into your heart or preaching, which converts it and turns it to God. I think the people today have too low a view of preaching. But this bottle of perfume, this word of God, will do little good until it's opened up and it's preached. This medicinal herb will do you little good until it has been opened and applied to your wound. And that is what preaching is all about. Now let me make another startling statement. It is not enough that Christ lived and died and rose again for sinners to be saved. It is not enough for Jesus Christ to have lived, died, and rose again for sinners to be saved. Some of you may be out there saying, boy, Pastor Wagner, you have really gone too far this time. Well, turn with me to Luke 24, and you'll see something else is necessary for sinners to be saved. Luke 24, beginning in verse 44. And he, Jesus, said unto them, These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they may understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and arise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. What are the two things that should and must take place in order for sinners to be saved from hell and from all the distortions of sin? In order for sinners to be saved from their sins, Christ must have suffered and died and risen again from the dead on the third day. And repentance for forgiveness of sins must be preached in His name to all nations. 
The saving facts of the gospel of Christ must be preached in order that they become saving reality for individual lives. That is how important preaching is. What is the gospel at its most concise statement? Christ lived, suffered, and died for our sins and rose again from the dead in accordance to the scriptures. Now, is that all you need in order for someone to be saved? For the church to grow in grace and for the world to be converted? No, that is not all you need in order for someone to be saved, for the church to grow in grace and for the world to be converted. That is not all you need, beloved. You need repentance of sin, faith in Christ, and that glorious gospel must be opened up, explained, applied, and preached, and taught. Go back to 1 Corinthians 15 and look at the words. They say more than what a person will usually think they do on the service. 1 Corinthians 15.1. Listen carefully. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye were saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for your sins according to the Scriptures, and He was buried, and that He rose again the third day in, according, in accordance to the Scripture. Beloved, preaching is essential to salvation. That's why preaching has such a central place and, and, and must have a central role in the life of Christians. It has had that central place for centuries and great cultures and nations have been created. Countless numbers of individuals and families down through generations were brought to saving faith in Christ through the preached word. And when the church understands once again that in order for salvation to be experienced, there must be the gospel of life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ preached and opened up by one sent by Christ to preach. And then she, the church, shall recover a power that will raise her out of her lethargy and her apostasy and apathy and will make her an even greater church than she has ever been before. Now the word preacher in the Greek, kurox, was not a word that Paul simply made up. And I'm telling you this to emphasize what preaching is all about so that you understand. The word was already in existence before Paul's day in secular Greek. A preacher was someone who had an office in the royal court. He was almost always a, a personal friend of the king, and he was the voice of the king. His job was to declare official decrees and announcement that the king told him to proclaim. That Kirox, that preacher, is the secular in the secular sense, had to have a powerful voice, and he had to be trustworthy so that he would deliver the message just as he received it from the king. He was not to express his own views, and he was always under the king's full protection as long as he was on this mission that the king had given him. In fact, some ancient Greek 
excuse me, pagan philosophers called themselves preacher, but not in a Christian sense, but it was their responsibility, they felt, to observe human life and make declarations based on their observations. Now, though the word preacher was a common word, the Greek word preacher only appears three times in the New Testament and four times in the Old Testament. But the word Preaching occurs 33 times in the Old Testament and 61 times in the New Testament. In fact, there are over 32 words in the New Testament translated preach and preaching. What's my point? Why is the word preacher used so few times in the scriptures and preaching used so many times. Because the Bible is not telling us about human preachers who are mere instruments of God. He is telling us about preaching. It is the preached message that is irresistible. And preaching in the Bible is far, far more important than preachers. Far more important. All the preacher is, is a mouth. It is the preached word, the proclaimed word that is everything. The focus in scripture is not on the preacher, nor his personality, nor his gifts, nor on his intelligence or lack thereof. It is on the message that is preached from his mouth as a tool in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. And no one can make himself a preacher. No one. The only way someone can become a preacher is for the Lord Jesus Christ to make him a preacher, to commission him, to send him into the gospel ministry. Let me show you a couple of texts. First, Romans 10, 14. Preachers, beloved, are not self-made men. That is, if they are really Christian preachers. Now, they can certainly be hirelings. They and pretend to be preachers, but they are not really preachers of the gospel with the authority of the king unless they have been sent by Christ. Romans 10, 14 should be a very familiar passage to you. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how should they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. The point is, without descending by Christ, there can be no preachers. Without preachers, there can be no proclamation. With no proclamation, there can be no salvation. In Jeremiah 14, 14 through 16, we read these very powerful words. Jeremiah 14, 14 through 16. Then the Lord said unto me, The prophets prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not, neither have I commanded them, neither spake unto them. They prophesy unto a false vision and divination and a thing of naught and the deceit of their heart. Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets, 
that prophesy in my name, and I sent them not, yet they say, Sword and famine shall not be in this land. By sword and famine shall those prophets be consumed. And the people to whom they prophesy shall be cast out into the streets of Jerusalem because of the famine and the sword, and they shall have none to bury them, uh, their wives, nor their sons, uh, nor their daughters, for I will pour their wickedness upon them. In Jeremiah's day, there were people who called themselves prophets, who were preaching to the people falsehood. Telling them that this idea of judgment is, is just not true. Everything is, is really okay. Don't, don't worry about famines. Don't worry about the sword. Don't worry about doomsayers. And the Lord says concerning these false prophets, I did not send them. I didn't command them to go forward. I, I didn't speak to them. I, I didn't reveal anything to them. What these men preach is the deception of their own mind and the very sword and famine and divine judgment they repudiate as old-fashioned will in fact destroy these false prophets. And those who listen to the preaching of the false prophets will also be thrown out into the streets of Jerusalem and die unburied, and the birds of prey will eat their flesh. We still have these men with us today. You can go to church after church after church in the Bay Area, yea, hundreds of churches, and hear highly intelligent men and women and highly skilled speakers. But you can say in reference to them, as in Jeremiah's day, that God neither sent them, nor commanded them, nor spoke to them. And how do we know? Because they do not diligently or zealously or faithfully preach the pure gospel of the Lord to Jesus Christ. They preach another gospel with a highly critical view of the scriptures. So the Bible says the very judgment they look on as fanatical will fall upon their own heads as well as the heads of those who go to those churches. If you have any friends or relatives who go to churches where there are liberal Christ-denying preachers who repudiate the gospel as historical Christianity, you tell them, beloved, it is the most dangerous place on earth for them to be. Because not only will God destroy those preachers who preach on scent, he will also destroy those who listen to those preachers who preach on scent. And beloved, I say to you, it is not only liberal preachers in the pulpit today that God has not sent. There are many young men who have grown up in churches and people brag on them saying they are more spiritual than other young men. They know the word of God so well. They ought to be preachers. So in some evangelical and reformed churches in this land, we have young men who are making attempts at preaching the gospel, but are doing so unsent. And, and yes, it is difficult to identify them. But one way you can identify someone in the pulpit that has not been sent by God to preach, is that he simply cannot preach. I witnessed one not too long ago. God never sent someone to preach that he did not give the gift to preach. 
Their exegesis is weak. And their speaking ability is poor. And beloved, we must warn people of these false prophets. If you are a young man, and you, more, you know more than the average young person about the word of God, and you're thinking about being a preacher, come and let's talk. Let's test your gifts. Because that big vision you may have to go out and preach may just be an emotional tug. Or you could actually have dreams of being highly respected without too much labor which is a false idea of a pastor, beloved. Let me assure you, being a pastor of the church, even with great elders, is a hard task. For every compliment, there is a criticism. God has his means of keeping you humble. If you take responsibility serious as a pastor, One of the most dangerous things a man can do is to try to preach the gospel and not be sent by Christ to do it. And one of the most dangerous things a member of the church can do is to sit under the ministry of a man who has not been sent by Christ to preach. So the question may be, what is your responsibility in all of this? Your responsibility is to pray for preachers. Pray that preachers will be faithful to the Word of God. That God would shield them from anything that would distract them from their time, their energy, and their concentration in the faithful preaching and teaching of the Word of God. That God would save them from temptation, protect them from pride and any sense of self-sufficiency and arrogance so that they can faithfully preach the Word of God uncorrupted. And pray that God raise up more preachers. There aren't many faithful men preaching the untruncated word of God today. As Joe Moorcraft has so faithfully preached, we are experiencing a famine of the preached word in America as a result of God's judgment. You can go to major cities in this country and not find a preacher worth his salt. Cities with hundreds of thousands of people. And yet, beloved, without preaching, we are not going to see the reformation of the church and the reconstruction of this culture because the preaching of the Word of God by one who has been given the authority to preach that Word is the spearhead by which souls are saved, lives transformed, families changed, Christians built up in the faith, and the world converted to Christ. So pray preachers will be faithful. And pray that you will never be satisfied with any other preached doctrine than pure, undiluted biblical truth, as is so well expressed in our Westminster Confession of Faith. This preacher is far, far, far from perfect. This church is far from perfect. And it's easy To to go window shopping for churches with bigger facilities and more programs. And most certainly to find preachers who have greater gifts. And find statements of faith that are easier to swallow and live with. But beloved, I tell you, if you choose compromise, diluted, adulterated truth over the pure, unmixed truth 
of the Word of God, you put your eternal destiny in jeopardy. And we here at Reformed Heritage Church may not have grand programs or choirs or an orchestra or youth groups or children's church. But we take preaching the pure, untruncated Word of God seriously. Why? So you can fulfill your God-ordained mission to be with God and to bear witness to the world His glory and His majesty. Amen. Well, that's all the time we have. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. It is our goal and desire that you would abound in grace through the preaching and teaching of God's Word. And that is why we come to you on a daily basis. Now, as we close out our time together, we also realize that some of these messages that are presented here on Abounding Grace are well worth reviewing again at your convenience. Maybe you joined us a bit late. Well, we have copies on CD. They're just $5. Mention today's date as you call or write to us. Here's how to get in touch with us. The phone number is 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're welcome to also visit our website, learn a bit more about us. We're at reformedheritage.org. Again, reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, if you would love to partner with us, if you're feeling led of the Lord to become a financial partner with us as we continue this ministry here on this station, please write to us at PMB number 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, The zip code is 95032. Or, again, simply call us, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to join us for worship. Sunday services here at Reformed Heritage Church are at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. We meet at the Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon. Directions can be found at reformedheritage.org or by, again, calling 408 866-5607. We thank you for joining us and trust we'll see you again next time we get together for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner.